now rocking with Matt and Dez. Let's go. Welcome to the Matt and Dez Experience. Matt and Dez Gonzalez are the founders of Kingdom Culture Ministries, a nonprofit organization that specializes in training, consulting, and resourcing leaders. Join them as they talk about life, family, faith, and all things prophetic. Now let's get to today's episode of the Matt and Dez Experience. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Matt and Dez Experience. I'm your co-host, Matt Gonzalez. And I'm your other co-host, Desiree Gonzalez. And welcome to our episode today. I'm really, really excited. How about you, babe? You excited? Very excited. It's a special (laughs) show today. Come on. So we are going to do something really fun. The first couple episodes, if you've tuned in, our kind of intro, just sharing about who we are, about our story. And today, what I want to do is I want to do flip the switch a little bit and do an interview with Matt. Come on. Get all the secrets out there and the juicy (laughs) details. You ready for that? Yeah, I'm ready. (laughs) Okay, kind of kidding, but we want to just give you a little insight. So I'm going to take it way back today. And the first thing I want to ask you, Matthew, is... (laughs) I'm being interviewed by my wife. This is kind of cool. (laughs) Well, okay, before I start the questions, I want to say something. People who see Matt now are often shocked when they hear his testimony (laughs) because it's so drastic. And it's like, seriously, you did what? You, You were like, what? And you you should even see like his old, his first driver's license picture. It's like a different person for real. I want to give you an example. One day we're just dating, you know, and obviously he's, he's serving God and, you know, he's come a long way, but we, we go into Safeway and we're checking out and the girl that's checking us out is looking at him really weird. And I'm like, what is going on? And then Matt starts, you know, talking to her. He goes, Hey, do you remember me? And she looks at him with the most dirtiest look you've ever seen in your life. And she says, yeah, I remember you. You were a jerk. And I look at Matt and I look, I'm looking at her. I'm looking at Matt and I'm like, oh my gosh, what did you do to this poor girl? And so basically he just goes on to repent to her and says, you know what? I've changed a lot. I'm really sorry for for the things I did and I said to you and of course I didn't know what had happened until we got in the car and I'm like what the heck who is that girl so who was she she was a girl from well she was a girl in high school what happened was you know my my junior high and high school days uh I was a little bit of a bully just because I had so much pain in my heart that I had to have other people feel the pain I was feeling inside and that was either by making myself look better than others and and being a bully or by fighting where do you feel like that pain stemmed from? Well, you know, growing up, um, both my parents, my mom and dad, have been an amazing example of hard work for me. And, uh, you know, my mom grew up, she was a believer, she was a Christian, she went to a UPC church. My dad grew up Catholic. I like to say the radical middle. Uh, we, all, I, Me and my brothers got saved, and my dad dedicated his life to Christ in the Assemblies of God church. So the running joke is my mom was UPC, my dad was Catholic. What's the radical mil- middle? What was the Assembly of God <laughs> church? You know, I know you you mentioned you got saved, but I really would love for you to share your your story, your journey, how you came to know the Lord. It's powerful. So would you, take us back for a minute and share with us, how did it all start for you? Because you said you didn't really grow up saved. And, and what 
when did that start for you? <laughs> well, I remember going to church with my mom a couple times when she went to this UP church, UPC church in Stockton. I always had a little rebellion in me. <laughs> um, the not redemptive side is rebellion, but the redemptive side would be passion. Come on. And so uh, I remember times at the UPC church when people would, when they would catch what would be called the Holy Ghost, uh, they would run around the building screaming and they kind of freaked me <laughs> out because I'd be playing with my He-Man and my Transformers. But then I got this bright idea that while they're running around the building, what if I tripped one of them? What would happen? So I would sneak underneath the pew and I would try to trip them and I would actually trip them. And, uh, and we'll just say that we, uh, we had to leave some services early uh, oh, wow. because of that. But uh, growing up, you know, my, my father had an accident when I was young. He was working for uh, San Joaquin County and uh, he had a severe accident where his uh, truck that he was driving, diesel truck he was driving, got flipped over and he should have died. What we believe was an angel in mom's prayers through a radical encounter rescued his life. Like he should have been dead, but he was rescued. Uh, so he was rushed to a, a, a doctor. A hospital. He was rushed to an hospital, and um, some amazing things took place. But he he should have died. But it was my mom's prayers that really carried us and yeah. carried him. And uh, from that time, he had severe back pain. And uh, you know, he grew up. I I do believe he grew up uh, not receiving the fullness of the love of God or even the love from his father to the full extent. So he could only give me what he was given. And uh, growing up in an Hispanic culture, one of the things that you are taught is not to show your emotions. You be your macho. But the thing about being macho is that word macho actually means sterile mule. It's a Spanish word that means sterile mule. So the more you don't show your emotions, the more you hide them the more you are robbed of the ability to reproduce yeah. you know, sons and daughters, really what it means, not just in a physical sense, but also in an emotional, spiritual sense. It's being able to you know, create a culture where we fully embrace our emotions and come alive and not just hide stuff. you yeah. know. And so growing up, my, my dad, he was addicted to marijuana. This is his testimony. So I know I have you know, the honor to share this. He, he shares it much more powerful, but you know, he grew up... Uh, he was a famous athlete in the region. So there'd be times we'd go to places and people would tell me the stories about my dad and baseball and, and basketball. And he was just a well-known athlete in the region. Can I stop for a second? Because you have some um, credentials in baseball <laughs> as well. And I know you would never share this, but uh, tell our audience right now. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, I had a lot of success in Little League and uh, I had... Um, I have a home run record that that stands even today Come on. Uh, for the Little League. And I know it was uh, at one point it was connected to uh, uh, something online. Someone told me there's a Little League World Series uh, record and local home runs and stuff. And when I was um, 12 years old, I hit 33 home runs, which is uh, almost unheard hey, of. That's a big deal. So that's, uh, that's in, cool. in, uh, in league and in uh, TOCs and All-Stars. So it's combined 33 home runs. So baseball has been a passion of yours. Yep. How did baseball, your love for baseball play into ultimately how the Lord touched your life and got a hold of you? Well, you know, like I was saying with my dad, you know, he grew up uh, addicted to marijuana and alcohol. And so he would come home, uh, he had to drink his 40 ounce, and then he would get high before he would, uh, before we would have conversations. And so my whole life, I wanted that attaboy for my dad. 
Yeah. And uh, I used to get a lot of love from him when I excelled in baseball. Now, both my mom and dad loved us deeply. Yes. And I've been fortunate enough to see both my mom and dad, even though the younger years of their marriage were were, were rough at times and nothing uh, negative in that, just growing up and, and all those things that happened to my dad, you know, it was difficult. And when you have a family who does not know God, it could be really, really difficult. So through it all, they, they have... The testimony of saying my mom and dad never got divorced. I mean, they've been married all these years, and yeah. I think that's a testimony of itself. Definitely. But part of my my journey is my mom prayed for my dad for 19 years mm-hmm. because she wanted him to have an encounter with Jesus, like she did. And like I said, he was addicted to marijuana. He was addicted to alcohol, and all I wanted was that other boy. Well. I used to receive that attaboy during sports. So I became really good at baseball because whenever I excelled at baseball, it seemed like that love that I was searching for for my father I would get. Yeah. And just that that encouragement, that love, that um, you know rec- recognition from him was just amazing. And it just so filled me up because we all have a desire within us for that affirmation. And I was really looking for that affirmation. But part of this journey of wanting that affirmation from my father and excelling in baseball, I became a really good athlete uh, in high school, became a really good baseball player. Uh, went to some tryouts. I had opportunity to get uh, drafted by the Los Angeles Dodgers. But throughout high school, I still had this deep anger and pain. And yeah. so I used to like to get in fights and, and let other people feel the pain I had inside of me. So part of this journey as I'm going through high school, excelling at sports, I was really trying to find my identity too. So I would go from group to group. I would hang out with uh, different groups. I'd hang out with gangsters. Then I would hang out with, with athletes. And then I would hang out with this group and that group. And it was just like, I was trying to find my identity in the midst of everything that was going on Mm -hmm. and so because you're a a good athlete in high school there's some popularity that comes with that so with the popularity I was still trying to find my voice trying to find myself in the midst of all that anger and it was a really really hard and confusing time for me so part of this uh, one day I went out with some guys and we went into a a local city there's a local rival team we're gonna play a baseball game against and I, I had the bright idea, well, let's, you know, we're going to go over to this bridge. There is this trussel in Lodi, California that's known. You jump off into this lake, you go swimming, and there was alcohol involved. And, and I had this great idea. Let's go get some eggs, roll up to the the school that we're playing, the rival school, and during the day, and let's lean out the window and just egg a bu- bunch of people. So we did that. Sounds like a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) So we did that and uh, hit some students. And I'm not not proud of that, but, you know. And then we went to the trussel and and people were drinking. And on the way home, I had some eggs left. I wanted to get rid of them. So we're going down these country roads. We're going about 100, 120. And I'm leaning out out the window, the passenger window, throwing eggs at cars. Can't hit them. Um, Finally, I threw an egg and it hit this car window and it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen because when it hit the front window, the whole window crushed in wow. because of the impact of how fast we were yeah. going and the egg and the car skid off the road and almost hit this tree. And I'm thankful he did not hit the tree because if this car would hit the tree, yeah. uh, I think this person would have died. And I don't know if I'd be doing this podcast right now. So uh, long story short, uh, we take off. And this car turns around and it's following us. And we get in this high-speed chase. It was like something out of the movies. We were in a high-speed chase. We thought we lost him. He caught up with us. We thought we lost him again. He caught up with us. And then finally, we're, we get off. Uh, we're, we jump on the freeway. We're going high speed. Get off on the exit. And the car pulls up to me. 
And we thought we lost it, but the car gets us, pulls up to me. He pulls out the gun. And he's pointing it at me. I'm on the passenger side. Here's this guy. I'm looking eye to eye with him. He has a gun on me. I get underneath the seat mm-hmm. like I'm trying to duck because I wasn't sure if he's going to pull the trigger. Yeah. And I remember at that moment saying, God, if you're real and if you'd get me out of this situation, I'd serve you. And wow. so after I said that, we hurried up and took off. We almost hit another car and he caught up with us again. And he pulled out a badge, and what I found out, he was an undercover cop who was an off-duty cop, uh, undercover off-duty cop who was on his way home that we egged. So he called in a bunch of cops, and I got roughed up pretty bad. Yeah. And got taken to juvenile hall. And at my time, my dad did not know the Lord, and I'm uh, I get to juvenile hall, the detention the detention center where they're holding me, and I told the the officer there. My dad comes to pick me up. Don't let him take me because I know what's going to happen. He's going to beat the crap out of me. And I do not want that. On top of that, this was my last baseball game as a senior. And I'm missing it because now I'm at the juvenile center. So I got myself over my head. And And you were, what, 17 at the time? Yep, I was was, uh, 17. And it was really just a hard time. And so uh, I'm there. And uh, my dad comes, picks me up. And he's red. He's Hispanic. So if you can see a Hispanic's face turn red, that's that's pretty pretty (laughs) serious. Yeah. Yeah. So he picks me up. And I can tell that he was really angry. So he had this uh, four-door Mazda pickup truck. And I made sure that when I got in the truck, I sat right behind him because my mind was thinking if he's driving, he's not going to be able to hit me if I'm sitting behind him. So he's driving. I'm just waiting for him to pull over and, and just beat the living tar out of me. And he's silent. He said nothing, but the anger within the truck is so thick, you could cut it with a knife. And so I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. And finally, we're halfway home. And he says, we're going to a Bible study tonight. And I'm like, what? We're doing what? A Bible study? What? When, when do you read your Bible? <laughs> well, one of our baseball coaches at the time at Stag High School happened to be a believer. His name was Pete Martinez. And uh, he would actually come and he would tell my dad uh, about the Lord. And he would witness to me. And, and I used to tell the baseball students on the team, stay away from him because I actually thought he was a molester. Something was wrong with him because he had so much joy. I've never seen a person have so much peace and so much joy that I was like, there's something wrong with this dude. Like, they're, like stay away from him. Like, there is just something wrong. He's not right. And I'm not... You know, I'm just I'm just keeping it raw right now. I said some things about him that I can't yeah. say on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, to other people. Well, what it, and I, that was my perspective. My dad's perspective was like, what drug is he on? Because whatever drug he's on, I want that because it was just so much peace and so much joy. So he invites us to this uh, Bible study. So we end up going to this Bible study, and it was the first time I began to feel uh, the Lord's presence. And uh, they prayed over me and my dad, and I remember having somewhat of an encounter, but it wasn't enough for me to make a decision. Well, they invited us at that Bible study uh, to church that Sunday. A special uh, guest evangelist would be in the house. His name was Donnie Moore, mm. who was an Oakland A's chaplain. And they yeah. said that there are going to be some Oakland A's baseball players. So I'm like, oh man, I want to go check this out. My dad was on board. We're like, we love baseball. Right. There's going to be, you know, uh, it was Dennis Ecklersley and I believe someone else, some well-known baseball players at the time. We're like, we got to go to this. So we end up going to the Sunday morning service. And there's a lot more in my testimony, but I'm just trying yeah. to, you know, put it in a um, podcast type <laughs> version of this. Yeah. 
And so we ended up going to the Sunday morning service and this big guy named Don, I mean, he looked like, he said he was a quarterback. He looked like a lineman. I mean, this guy was yeah. was huge. And he was preaching a message. And, and towards the end of his message, he stops. And I've never experienced this at all. I mean, this is all new to me. Like I said, I went to uh, UPC, UPC Church when I was little, but I don't remember too much of it. And now here I'm in an Assemblies of God Church in Stockton, California. And this guy stops to me and he goes, there's a man here. Uh, he said to Zach Years, uh, you were in a, a severe uh, car accident where the vehicle you're in flipped over and you severely uh, injured your back. You had surgery on it. Matter of fact, you have pain right now and the pain has not left you since this accident. Wow. And he said some other details. And I'm thinking like, what the heck? That's my dad. Yeah. And I think my, my dad probably had the same, <laughs> I do remember thought, this, yeah. same thought. We look at my mom because we're like, okay, why did the heck did you tell this guy that? Oh, wow. Because we're okay. like, I mean, we, it, we, we've never experienced anything right. like this. So I'm like, how does this guy know all this stuff? Like, you had to tell him something. Mm. So my dad didn't respond. I was shocked. And we left. And what we usually do on Sundays when it's football season, we watch the 49er game. So we picked up some, I think it was McDonald's. We went, we, we picked up some fast food, uh, went home, watched the football game at halftime. Uh, my dad uh, turned the volume down. And he said, hey, we're going back to church tonight. We're going to go hear that speaker. And I'm thinking like, me and my brother's like, what the heck? We barely go to church. And now we're going to go to church twice in one day. What's going on? Like, we, we don't even go twice maybe in one year, but what, twice in one day. So we go back to hear Donnie Moore. And I remember it was at Lakeview Assembly of God in Stockton, California. He's preaching. And it was uh, August uh, August 27th. 1994, uh, we're there, Donnie's preaching, he has this message on the Spirit that's just amazing, and then he gives this altar call, and there was only two times in my life, uh, only one time at that point where I'd see my father cry, and that was when my brother Zach was born, he was born one pound, one ounce, and they didn't think he was going to survive. The second time I saw my dad cry is when he, st- he stood up to answer the altar call, mm. and at that moment, me and my brothers, we without without talking we looked at each other and it was almost like we had this silent conversation with each other saying god must be real mm, because wow. I, we've never seen my dad cry like this so my dad stepped out of, of the aisle that he was sitting and walked to the front row me and my brothers followed him and while we were walking to the front row there was this uh this uh, african-american guy who just had the huge smile on his face he had tears coming down his eyes and he embraced us his name was darwin benjamin and as he embraced us, wow. it was actually the first time I remember me, my father, and my brothers crying. It was like at that moment, all the anger that I had inside of me began to let me go. Mm. And I had an encounter with the presence of God. And something began to take place in our life that was just so amazing and uh, so powerful. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. It's just so amazing how God orchestrated all of, obviously he didn't orchestrate the event that you would go throw eggs, but he used every single part of that as a, almost a domino effect to lead to this this point in time. It's just amazing <clears throat> how how God does that in our life, how he sets up these events, these opportunities for us to encounter him. And that was one of the most powerful encounters I've ever heard and in your life. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it was really powerful. And I'm so glad God intervened because I was at a, a crucial point in my life. I was hanging around some wrong people, uh, people that were getting in trouble, people that were going to jail. I had some friends that were, you know, selling drugs and just a lot of stuff that that 
I was being drawn to and um at the time, I had some uh, gang members that were after me that wanted to fight. That's actually part of my testimony. Yeah. After I got saved, there's another part of this. Uh, actually, you guys could see my whole testimony uh, on our website. Uh, the 700 Club did a, uh, years ago, the 700 Club yep. did a, um, a video testimony on me, an interview. And so you can catch the rest of that. You know, another thing that I just love about this this part of your, your testimony is the fact that it was it was the whole family. It yeah. was it's such a generational God's such a generational God that he thought about the whole family when you guys got saved and yeah. all made the decision as a family unit. It's just so powerful even to see from then and what God's done in and through every single one of your brothers and your whole family yeah. for the kingdom. It's just, it's incredible. Well, even that night, you know, my dad, when he went to the altar, he tells in his testimony, that night when he received Christ, Every desire for alcohol and marijuana left him suddenly. I mean, Come he on. hasn't had a desire since. He didn't go to AA, NA, um, not knocking any of those programs, but he took one step to an altar and was suddenly delivered of the taste and desire. So powerful. And, you know, I think one of the powerful things about this whole journey is that, you know, that which I desire, I got my father back. And yeah. I, I think that's the powerful thing about this is that the thing. I desire that God is the God of reconciliation, but he's also the God of restoration and restitution. And all the years that I desire to have with my dad, those have been restored, you know, so and, and I think that is so powerful. I think sometimes we lose this uh, aspect of, of the testimony sometimes, or, or the un, not the understanding of it, is that what I lacked in my childhood, sometimes we begin to make ourselves victims. Yeah, it's like it's you know true. we blame people, but I don't blame my dad because he only received all he knew. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, can, you you only can give out what you have been given, and he couldn't give me what I had not received because he had not received it yet. But when he got the upgrade, and when Jesus began to give back to him what he deserved and, and needed, I got to be the recipient of that and so god restored us and our whole family and now uh, i could say like all of my brothers are, are serving god and and three of us are in full-time ministry right now that's so good can i highlight one part of the this testimony because i've heard you share this in, in some of your your classes um specifically on the word of knowledge i know that that was a huge part of god really touching your dad's heart and touching all of your brother's hearts and that was yeah. kind of your entry point into the kingdom can you share how that moment kind of sparked that passion for the word of knowledge well yeah i mean because i had not re i have not witnessed anything like that i'm like this is crazy like the only context i have which most people in the world have is that when you see something like that you're like is this psychic what, what is this yeah. like you know this is this is i'm not used to this and seeing that aspect of the word of knowledge impact my my whole family. I mean, one word of knowledge brought my whole family together. Powerful. In reality, that one word of knowledge created the circumstance yes. that created an aspect to bring my whole family together. My mom's prayers in that moment were answered, mm. and it took a word of knowledge. So not too long after that, uh, one of the intercessors in our church gave me a word of knowledge. And so seeing my dad receive the word of knowledge and then me receiving a word of knowledge, at that moment, God went from being this distant God 
he went from what I like to say, he went from being the Godfather to the good father. Because the power of a word of knowledge is that God becomes an intimate God. You feel so known by God. Mm-hmm. And to see my father have that experience of being so feeling so known by God through word of knowledge, and then me not too long after that having that same experience, I made this covenant commitment to the Lord. I said, Lord, whatever you did to my father and whatever you did to me, I want that. And I will pursue that at any cost because I want other people in this world to have that same encounter of feeling so known by you. That's so good. And now I just love how how God led you into this faith journey and growing in the word of knowledge. And now you're you're teaching people all over the world and how to step into that and operate in it. It's just, it's awesome. And now I get the opportunity to see, uh, man, I didn't think this is going to hit me, to see families come together because of the word knowledge. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So good. <clears throat> well, we want to. And Ooh, I didn't realize that was going to hit me that hard. <laughs> well, Matt, we're gonna we're gonna um, finish up. Is there anything else you want to share about your story with the audience today, and just encourage them and where they're at in their process and their journey with the Lord? You know, I want to just tell all those praying moms out there: mm-hmm. don't stop praying. So good. Yeah. I tell I tell moms all the time: I am the result of a praying mom. My mom didn't stop praying for me. There'd be times I'd come home drunk from the club, cussing her out, and she had all the right to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> say some choice things to me and she never once all she did was love she she literally loved the hell out of me yeah she didn't she didn't force religion down my mouth she didn't say you need to get to church you need to do this she just loved me with the love of Christ and that love became so dangerous because the thing about this type of love is you can't outrun it and it overtakes you and she literally loved the hell out of me it was that beginning process that she began to love me so well, my dad so well, that I really do believe that it began the whole process. So all you praying moms out there, if you're listening today and you're a praying mom, don't give up. My mom prayed 19 years for my dad and she prayed for us. And now the result is we have a family that's serving God. Three of my brothers in ministry and my fourth one is about to enter ministry in some capacity. And uh, this is just uh, the testimony of Jesus. And I pray that as you hear this testimony today on this podcast, that it would become your testimony. I would just like to pray for those families right now. If you're listening to this podcast and your family's in turmoil, Maybe you have uh, family members that don't know the Lord, that don't have a walking relationship with Jesus. I just released this testimony over you because Revelation says the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. So as I share this testimony today, it's prophesying to you for the same Jesus that brought my family together to begin to bring your family together. And I declare the same promise that the Roman centurion got from Paul that you and your household shall be saved. I declare the seed that has been sown today through this podcast would hit your heart and we call in every family member that is not serving God right now. We declare right now, Father God, that you would silence every voice outside of your voice in these family members' lives and that you would turn up the volume of your voice in their life. Sons and daughters, aunts and uncles, moms and dads, mm-hmm. we declare right now, right now in the name of Jesus, we call you forth into salvation we call you forth into the kingdom and we call you forth into your destiny in jesus name amen amen well thank you so much babe for sharing your story (laughs) it was awesome um and i am so thankful for the power of redemption as your wife i'm so thankful god you know got a hold of you and here we are today and it's 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 fun doing life with you Uh, i love it well thank you babe for interviewing me today this was awesome to be interviewed by my own wife 
It was fun. Well, guys, thank you for joining us today on this episode. We look forward to you joining us on this journey into the journey of life, family, faith, and all things prophetic. And we will see you next time. Be blessed. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode of the Matt and Des Experience. This podcast exists to inspire and motivate you to transform the world around you. Continue the journey with Matt and Des Gonzalez by liking them on Facebook and checking out mattanddes.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast.